0: Hey, uh, when I wrote these podcast notes, I would just gotten my first shot for COVID-19, and I just learned that Ross had just gotten his, and I talked to Spencer, and he mentioned one, so I figured by the time we recorded this, we would all be half-vaccinated, baby. But then, Spencer didn't get his, and now Burke's here. Hi, Burke. Hi. He hasn't had a shot yet, either, because this is America. we (laughs) Sorter. We're not. We're
1: one fourth, vaccinated. We're two eighths. But half, half, half of the people in here have been vaccinated.
0: One half. Well, oh, one, okay. one shot. Yeah. But half but of a half vaccinated, half, baby. You know, half. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Progress. Yeah.
0: Cheers. Hey everybody, I'm Caleb. Uh, I'm Spencer. And this is the mix Six, where we drink six beers, have six conversations, rate the beers, not the conversations, on a five-point scale, and occasionally invite Burke to hang out.
1: Hello. Thank you.
0: Good intro, Burke. Hello, Uh, and thank you. Yes. uh, We also do a pre-party. Mine is going to be, eventually, there's going to be a Kickstarter called Delta Green, The Conspiracy. They told me it was coming and then, then they, then they went to Canada. So eventually <laughs> it will come out, I hope, mm-hmm. or I have to go on a intercontinental uh, road of vengeance. So, uh, but I think it is going to come out and I am involved with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is for all of the old Delta green products that are currently in the old system mm-hmm. to be updated with new art and stuff by me. Uh, who is writing it so also i'm quitting teaching and also i'm starting like 18 patreons so um, i'll also just if you just want to leave money on my door i'm not going to ask questions it's just there all right not even Uh, how they uh, know where you live if if they yeah okay i I have means yeah okay get it out there um anyway anything else in the pre-party I uh, have a splinter a in my in my thumb.
2: Uh, I got it yesterday pulling some weeds in mm-hmm. my side bed. And uh, in terms of size to annoyingness, mm-hmm. is there anything in nature that has a more insane ratio than a splinter?
3: Oh yeah, I've had to deal with very tiny splinters too recently. Yeah, very okay. tiny
2: splinters, but very large amounts of annoying. You, well, I'm can, I'm I'm a
3: little perturbed.
0: Can you go on?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I think I can podcast. I don't know. I use my thumbs a lot while we do this, but we'll see. Yeah. All
0: right. All right. We'll hang in. Burke? All how
2: thumbs? It?
1: Oh, I mean, I think just the usual we've been shouting out is Nightclerk Radio recently launched our Patreon, mm-hmm. uh, Nightclerk Radio on Patreon. Just yesterday, we recorded our first bonus episode on Synthwave, mm-hmm. But uh, since I can't stay on topic, it quickly just devolved into like the weirdness of 80s nostalgia and media. Mm-hmm but, it but that's actually pretty on topic for synthwave it's true, it's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah so check that out
0: mm-hmm. all right well uh that's where you can find us elsewhere but you're here for a nonsensical rating system now you're probably not here for one written by me but i did write these podcast notes before reading that someone um, got sick from my last one, and I am sorry.
2: Yeah, can we just take one minute as kind of a preamble before we get into your next rating system?
0: Yeah, which I wrote again, which is bad. Yeah,
2: total total risk. Can we just talk about the visceral reaction to your last rating system, like for just a minute? And this is coming from someone who has been on the receiving end of some visceral reactions to rating Mm -hmm. systems. I just want to thank you. You have meant so much to me over the last 17 years for so many reasons, hmm. but nearing the top of the list is the amount of fire you have intentionally or unintentionally taken from me as we rapidly approach another food month <laughs> yeah. by way of your last rating you system. That, and I love you so much Thank you for a variety of reasons. One of those
1: reasons is what you just did. I really appreciate that. Oh, I loved it. I'm very pro Dr. Pimple Popper. Yes. So
0: thank you, thank you. I thought it was a
1: good rating system.
2: Many in the community really loved it. Sure.
0: (laughs) Many in socialists, and I'm overwhelming. They had intense reactions. I'm a socialist, and I'm all about unity, and Mm -hmm. we achieved unity in that everyone who pays for this podcast regretted it upon uh-huh. that episode. <laughs> and they let me know personally. So. Uh-huh.
2: And with that warm introduction, why don't you go? Here's again, another Caleb?
0: one. Uh, things <laughs> GM say, uh, these are rated by the uh, type of player you are and wanting to hear this. So a one is something you don't want to hear your GM say a five is something you would very much like to hear your GM say. Um, and a, a one is a bad beer. So a one on the rating system and a one in the bad beers is going to be, are you absolutely sure you want to do that? Um, That means you are going to do something very stupid. Mm -hmm. um, And that means that the GM has informed you in every way they can think how that that would be a bad idea uh, and that you insist on doing it anyway. So Mm -hmm. that you're about to have a one experience when you hear that. Uh, a two is going to be role awareness or role perception or role spot hidden or uh, anything that indicates you are about to hit a trap because there's really no good answer. It's yes, someone's trying to kill you or no, someone is trying to kill you and then you get killed. Uh, so it, it's a two experience uh, unless you're really good at combat. That's what takes it up for a one. There's a possibility. It's okay. Mm -hmm. uh a three is your basic gm reaction okay but it'll cost you that's Mm -hmm. just your basic move as a gm to make that choice Mm -hmm. uh but a four where you get into good beer um you want to do what now that is you want to hear a gm say that because now you're off the rails you have broken through the invisible walls and now they're scrambling now you got them on the run Uh, (laughs) and then a five a five, which is what you really want to hear your GM say is fine, fuck it, whatever. Then then you have them where you're right where you want them and you <laughs> are completely off book, just running amok in the backfield, uh making your own stories. So shooting
1: yourself in the arm.
0: Yeah, shooting yourself <laughs> in the arm uh doing punching <laughs> sharks punching shark uh, yeah that's that's where magic happens
3: this makes a lot more five. sense i'm thinking back now of the games that i've run for you caleb and suddenly this is this is answering some questions
0: yeah you want a five you yeah. want a five you want to <laughs> you want to break you want to mm-hmm. break the boundaries prove you can't be contained <laughs> uh anyway uh i need a beer so let's let's move on Spencer, what are you drinking?
2: From 4x4 Brewing, which is a local Russ, You've had some of their stuff recently, I think, on the podcast. They're located not too far from my office. This is the Tall, Dark, and Cordial, which is a chocolate cherry stout. And honestly, I mean, I typically don't love cherry in a beer, but if you're going to do it, do it in a chocolate stout, sure. Here's what typically happens in these moments. Not enough cherry shows up, and so it just feels like a synthetically sweet chocolate stout. So I'm hopeful that is not what I am barreling towards.
0: <laughs> Barely mm. smelling it. <laughs> yeah. Giving in a sippy
2: sip. Yeah, no cherry. Um,
0: oh. Isn't that good, though? Yeah,
2: I'm but it does, little, it does have a little. I'm not a bad, cherry fan. I'm not. Mm, it does have a little bad fake fake sweet, though.
0: Mm. Um, oh, he's going to say it, medicine-y. Uh,
2: not not as medicine as i thought so here's the real problem it's really thin like it is a it is a thin beer oh, and so it,
0: that for a stout no
2: party. so there's like a fake sweetness on top and then like a thin layer of almost like um over roasted chocolate milk mm. um yeah i don't know like no no this is probably a two for me
3: yeah i'm
2: gonna try one more time just to make sure but sure. i don't I don't want to drink this beer too much. I mean, I'm going to drink this beer, I guess, but I don't want to drink this
3: beer. So.
0: Okay. Uh, Your rolling beer perception.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, because here it's
2: like it's roll for awareness of cherry.
3: Nope. <laughs> yeah. A lot of twos are you're like, you're just, un- I think a, a defining trait of a two is uncertainty. Like, is this, mm-hmm. is this bad? How bad is it? Is this? Yeah. 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 Like a three is pretty solid. Usually, you know, a three, as soon as you try it, Yeah, you
0: bought a beer, you're, you're on the side of the beer. You okay. want it to be good. Mm-hmm. But The right. two is, you don't want to say it's bad. A one is right. I hate this beer. Yeah.
3: yeah. I can't recommend it to
0: anyone. Um, yeah. yeah.
3: Oh,
2: a one is nice. It is, it is comforting in, in, <laughs> in its certitude, right? Like I know deeply what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, we're into dissecting our fun, which is where we talk about board games. Caleb, I'm guessing this is your question. And I find it interesting because had you asked me this three months ago, I would have said no, but now I'm thinking, yes, maybe the question is, do you still buy three plus player games or will you ever buy a party game again? Which, I mean, I think is timely, especially given that we are one half of one half vaccinated.
0: Yeah. Like um, I read like really good reviews of like wavelength because nothing's coming out because of COVID. And that was like the big deal right before it hit. But I'm like, I can't imagine ever playing Wavelength again, which isn't to say I can't imagine ever being like in a situation where we're all masked or in a situation where everyone's vaccinated and in an isolated location. But I can't imagine like wanting to play Wavelength if I've managed to arrange that feat. Mm -hmm. So like I have a bunch of like Euro games like that. I hope to play one. I got like Hansa Teutonica. I've got Flotilla. I've got some big chunky ass games. Um, and they're the only thing that are on my shame shelf anymore because quarantine is gone. Like Sarah and I have burned through the shame shelf and multiple <laughs> campaigns of multiple games. We did a whole Gloomhaven campaign. Like we are, we are good on the shame shelf, except for stuff I physically can't play because <laughs> I don't have people to play it with. Right. Um, and like I have stuff that's coming that's been slowed by COVID. Like I have blood on the cock tower coming and I can't. I couldn't really imagine before except like a best case con scenario playing like a 13 player extremely complex like werewolf-esque deduction game like Blood on the Clock Tower. Now the thought of it gives me a literal panic attack. Like the idea of being in a room with that many people and having to talk that much. Well, it sounds like teaching and of Mm -hmm. course it's nightmarish. Uh, So like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with that now. Like I'm probably going to get that like when they give that to me in the mail, I'm probably just going to like turn around and be like, please take this wrong, tomorrow. wrong address. Not yeah, here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where you guys are at on that. Um, I, I have certainly paused on some stuff that was three plus players.
2: I I've paused I on, I've on it. I've paused on buying board games generally yeah. over the last mm-hmm. year. Like I between Perhaps between question. Yeah, bars, lift expenses, and board games. I have functionally gotten a second reasonably well-paying job over the last year. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and board games are, are definitely something that I'm not buying as much of. Now, um, we did buy Pandemic Legacy Season 2 after finishing Legacy Season 0 on your recommendation. Because Season 0 was, and I'm not fucking lying, one of the three best board game experiences I've ever had in my entire life. And that was a
0: game we bought during quarantine. So like, right. I haven't stopped buying games, but right. I heard it was good at two. Alternatively, I didn't recommend you buy season two. And I have some thoughts as to why you shouldn't
2: buy season two. And we'll <laughs> yeah. do that in a different version of dissecting our fun. Um, but, but no, uh, the few games I've purchased during the, the quarantine period have been two-player games. Games that I knew well at least played at two players. But having said that, um, I am quickly and intensely becoming of the opinion that upon full vaccination, one of the first things I want to start doing regularly is meeting in person for the podcast and meeting in person for regular board games again, either Mm -hmm. in a public location like Best of Luck, like we were doing for a period of time, or just somewhere where all of us can be in the same physical presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when I go back to buying board games, which I plan to do in the coming months as a part of my, this is a social activity for me. I am going to have probably even more baked in social anxiety around being in groups for a period of time. After all of this Mm -hmm. board games have always been a salve for social anxiety in group settings. And I imagine I will lean on those and beer even more heavily uh, in the coming months as I return to public life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and yeah, in that way, I am, uh, I am very excited to start buying three-player games and party games again. I think Wavelength is a great example of this. There are a couple of other games that I'm interested in playing. Cascadia will be coming soon from uh, Flat Out Games et al., and I am excited to start getting these games back to the table, and I will start spending money on them when it makes sense. And it doesn't make sense yet, but it is rapidly making sense more quickly.
3: Yeah. Um, I do know that one of the things I want to do after yeah I get vaccinated like this summer, uh, I'm thinking about running a Lancer campaign because they have a pre written campaign that they've released with all the encounters. So all the work of doing that. And that, that I think that that could like before quarantine, um, like I had a weekly Gloomhaven group. So like, I feel like because it Lancer is such a complex and it's almost board game like uh, that could feel the same sort of role. So yeah, um,
0: Yeah, Yeah, I get like, I'd love to rebuy King's Dilemma and try it in person where I'm not trying to juggle it on a spreadsheet and Mm -hmm. like, but like all of it after a while doesn't feel like man when when quarantine ends and like I stopped thinking those thoughts a while ago Mm
3: because
0: doesn't feel healthy to be thinking about when quarantine ends like and I know. Like, the vaccine works. I'm not being an anti-vaxxer. I'm not being a crazy person. But, like, it's just hard to believe after a while. Because, damn, this has gone on for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, it's It has definitely changed my buying habits, which I suppose is the understatement of mm-hmm. the millennial. Um,
1: Burke, you didn't really buy board games much. No. So. The only board game I got this last year was the one you gave me, Stellar. And that's two players. So
0: yeah. we'll give Burke board games. Mm-hmm. That's what I think we should all take no. that away from this. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So The only board game I got was Gamma Rodders, which is a okay. TSR game from the 80s that uh, I reviewed for RPPR After Hours. It's very silly. It's about giant mutant animal cyborgs fighting each other. Um, so um, that, that I do want to run at some point or play at some point, but that's an indulgence. And I didn't get it for playing i got it for reviewing so yeah and we got to
2: play that uh that minis game uh that we've had sitting around oh for yeah two years
0: that Ross. oh land. yeah mm-hmm. it's yeah the, so uh, the... it's definitely three years now yeah yeah three operation years operation red veil yeah yeah
2: right. who what is time and so uh, uh i've got giant yeah, mean, killer the robots great
0: whenever Super great. you want to break the mech warriors out so mm-hmm. yeah. i'm going to use that for your lancer campaign by the way the two foot tall one <laughs> bringing uh my not... own
3: mini Okay.
0: We'll have to figure out how to scale that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, I guess we could use Warhammer 40k minis. I think uh, Jason (laughs) has some big boys too. Uh,
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn it. He's ready for everything. (laughs) I need a beer. Caleb, what is that beer? This is uh, from Grimm Brewing, the Circle of Fifths, which is a mixed fermentation farmhouse ale with spelt, oats, and rye. Sounds like a
2: breakfast. Sounds like like
0: a a farmhouse. It's got the the sort of Mm -hmm. breakfast pub color palette. Mm. Ah. Yeah.
2: We have a breakfast pub in town, and I want to like it a lot, and I don't like it very much. But Mm -hmm. I've tried, and I will continue to try Caleb is Caleb looking off into the distance, contemplating, pondering, we might say. Mm-hmm. Zack Snyder would say, Caleb looks off.
0: That is a good farmhouse. I think it might be a little past its prime, and that's on me. Um, but I, I don't want to use the term yeasty. It's a little frothy up top, um, mm-hmm. but I think that might be an age thing. But it's not bad by any means. It's got the good farmhouse skunk. Uh, it is... Um, very carby carby. It tastes like a uh, wheat. Obviously uh, it, it is a, it's like a wheat farmhouse, but it's very intently wheat. There's very little citrus or like any kind of note you would normally have in a farmhouse is gone. It's just like maximum farmhouse funk, um, mm-hmm. yeah. which I like. So that's a four. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It might've been a five if I gotten to it sooner, but
2: mm-hmm. right. Right. Something on the top helps me a little bit there. Um, which is probably that five difference. Hey, we're into We Make a Pair, which is your number two vote getter. And Greg Bennett suggests, and We Make a Pair, well, since my Halloween treat topic was such a journey of discovery, why don't we make a pair with common Easter treats? As you all know, we are avid followers of the faith, and so therefore we take Easter seriously. Pair your alcohol with chocolate bunnies, Peeps, cream eggs, and dyed eggs, which is a real deep cut there, Greg Bennett. But I appreciate the idea to talk about the opportunity to talk about what it would be like to drink a beer reminding me of dyed Easter eggs. <laughs> <clears throat> with that, Caleb, you throw or no, we're not we're not beehole and one here. What do you pair with a with a Young's or excuse me, what do you pair with a chocolate bunny?
0: Well, you've spoiled it. You buried the lead. I, I'm all I'm all discombobulated here. Well it's it's gotta be a Young's double chocolate stout because I've had this before and it's actually pretty good. Uh, as a sort of uh, beer malt that they sell up in the loop there is a root beer company uh, in the loop in st louis that does a variety of alcoholic malts and one of them is easter themed with chocolate bunnies and uh, young's double chocolate and uh, it is pretty goddamn good Uh, so i've already done this and Go chocolate mugs. Yeah. One of the
2: first like alcoholic milkshakes I ever had was a Young's double chocolate stout and vanilla ice cream mm-hmm. as like a float. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely wonderful. I don't drink Young's double chocolate stout often. I haven't had one in years, but it does work as a dessert style thing paired yeah. with other dessert style things. But, you know, for me. Um, chocolate bunnies are, like, kind of quintessential Easter treat. In fact, the list runs out for me pretty quickly in terms of other Easter things I want to snack on. If it's not a Reese's, chances are I don't want to fuck with it. Um, but chocolate bunnies are um, – uh, they they always hurt more, like, than they should when you bite into them. They're actually, like, chocolate bricks, and so it's a little bit of a trial to to choke them down. You're getting bad bunnies,
0: so, dude. It's well – so I just think
2: that oftentimes the issue is the size. I mean, these things are, these things are like scale chocolate bunnies. And so for me, I would pair it with something that I find equally interesting, but I also don't necessarily want more than one of something just to accentuate the sweetness and the treat that is the chocolate bunny. It's Boulevard's chocolate ale. And if you have not had Boulevard's chocolate ale, it is one of the most jarring consumption experiences I have ever had because it is an ale. It is not a stout. I mean, it, it drinks light like an ale. It's got the viscosity of an ale and it tastes like milk chocolate. And I cannot figure it out. And it would really? be such a nice a Boulevard
0: pairing. product having a it, memorable taste. Mm, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. It's oh. unbelievable, but you can only have one of them. Uh, and so it'd be nice to pair what you get with the ale, which balances the sweetness of the milk chocolate well with the chocolate bunny and then move on to something else.
0: Well, I could be drinking Boulevard Wheat right now, and I'd have no way to tell. <laughs> uh, but uh, what about you, Burke? What, what do you want with the chocolate bunnies? Uh,
1: okay, so I'm going to slightly crowdsource my answers because I know what I want, but y'all know more beers than I do. Okay. So with chocolate, I'd want to pair it with like a tart fruit. So like a raspberry lambic or a raspberry sour of some sort. No.
0: Yeah. Lindemans. Limons. Is good? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. MacBooks uh, love those. Yeah. Uh Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
2: if you really want to experiment with all the things you can do with the Raspberry Lambic, pour it into your computer and see who likes it. You or the computer one.
1: <laughs> um,
2: uh, the Loveland Ale Works uh, American Sour Ale with Raspberries that we okay. had uh so on the podcast some time ago would be an absolutely great pairing here. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always go like an old school prairie, although I think prairie beers are typically a little sweeter, and you may be looking for something a little more tart. Yeah, you know,
1: closer closer to tart, but... Mm-hmm. Not that sweet would necessarily be bad, but it's just not mm-hmm. what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. Do you I'm
0: pick producer Ross.
3: Um, you know, speaking of Boulevard, uh, I think the cherry lime uh rattler that they put out would uh, be an interesting experimentation with, with the chocolate. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I I'd be willing to give it a shot. I, I, I just re, you, you start talking about boulevard and it's from oh yeah, the cherry lemon uh lime, sorry. Um
0: yeah. Um,
3: yeah, I, I mean, know. cherry and chocolate go together really well. And, uh, the lime. Yeah, it's more but, the lime that yeah. I'm worried about.
0: The again. lime
2: is going to be the rub there. Yeah. Right. I've never finished a limeade and thought, damn, where's my milk chocolate? <laughs> and so I'm just kind of like curious <laughs> about that pairing. But okay, maybe. You do. Yeah,
3: you. yeah I want to try it. Uh, like, I'm not 100% sold on that. The other, the other option is to go lean heavily into the richness of the chocolate and get something like an Abraxas or something. That's right. That's right. And that was actually
2: my first thought. A peppery mustard would be pretty yeah. good. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Mm. Spice bunny. Mm-hmm. Spice bun. My uh, goodness. well, uh, what do you pod. pair
2: with a peep? It's not hard because, spoiler, peeps are awful. Um, uh,
0: no, uh, no, no. Okay, peeps, peeps are, peeps are, are, peeps they're are marshmallows. So what do you want? You need something no. that's got the sugariness. No.
2: Marshmallows are good. Peeps are awful. I want to be clear about that. Peeps are a special kind of marshmallow that aren't a marshmallow at all. Are we pairing or are you shaped. just
0: having a moment?
2: Well, a little bit. Of a, I thought it was so, we
0: make a pair, not Spencer loses his shit about Peeps.
2: Welcome to the podcast.
0: So <laughs> let me just,
2: let me just, uh, here's a pairing for Peeps. Something that I think is indicative at Easter, at Easter time, you walk around a grocery store or a Walmart, wherever you buy your food items, and it's just Peeps everywhere like there are entire aisles, entire aisles committed to peeps. You want a peep that looks like a duck? You want a peep that looks like a small human? Yeah, hey, we got peeps for everything. Uh, not unlike IPAs. Just peeps everywhere and IPAs everywhere and equally as disgusting. So I would pair it with the Omnipolo Brewings Henosis Nelson Sauvignon Centric Citra Mosaic Galaxy IPA because it was gross. I hated it and it ruined beer for me.
0: So you just jumped in line. You just yeah. Okay. I right. hate do peeps. I get to do I get to say mine?
2: Well, only if you have a good take on peeps, and I'm not convinced that you do. But okay, let's give it a shot.
0: Okay, peeps are very sugary. Um, there's going to be a lot of sugar in the sort of dust, and uh, there's going to be the marshmallow center, of course. Um, now, hopefully, you've aged your peeps because nothing is quite better than a stale peep. You want the you want a little crunch to the marshmallow, <laughs> oh. um, and for that, you want something. That does something interesting to the sugary flavor while cutting through the sort of sugary peep taste uh, that is going to make it difficult for you to get that. So I'm thinking maybe it turns tart. So I'd like to try a a Loveland Ale Works American Sour Ale with cranberry, like a little cranberry to wash Mm. down my peep.
2: That was a good beer. And at Mm. least what you've done here productively is you've made the experience enjoyable because at least there's a beer that I like involved. (laughs) Does so, Burke good job.
0: get to talk, or um, are Peeps... Well, Burke eat? agreed with my Peeps take, so Burke gets to talk. What do you drink with them, though? That's the that's the question.
1: Well, I don't really want to taste Peeps or know that I'm eating Peeps, <laughs> so I'm just going to pick a strong beer that's very good. So, I don't know something cliche like a Braxus. Yeah, I mean, or not that taste anything Manhattan. but a Braxis for a while. Yeah, exactly. Or that cherry Manhattan stout that we oh yeah. the 50-50, Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The 50-
0: Oh, get those Eclipse stouts that you brought us and uh, drink all six of them and then never taste anything ever again because we varnished our throats that day. Soap the peeps in them, man. And then the
2: peeps peeps might be flammable and then you can just burn the peeps. Producer Ross, what do you pair
3: with the peeps? Um... You know, my first thing was actually not a beer, so it's, I don't know if it's allowed, but like an Irish coffee, just put some marshmallows in your, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, like, yeah, a peep yep. and
0: a coffee goes well.
3: Yeah, so like, or maybe like a a, a coffee stout, um, so uh, winter grind or something like that. So that, that would be my inclination. Um, or just get a you, s'mores beer, just really lean into it, because <laughs> I know you yeah. love those.
0: Spencer, <laughs> so, I see you considering it. You fucking love coffee. Yeah. coffee. Do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just do
3: it. Don't be I do, a
2: coward. I, th- I think the idea of like maybe putting a peep in a hot alcoholic beverage, like an Irish coffee
1: mm-hmm. might
2: yeah. not be a bad, like that might be a good idea.
1: Like a hot peepee.
2: Yeah. A hot pee. <laughs> I would drink a hot peepee.
0: God, I want to do another mixology episode where Burke's just doing the stupidest ideas he can think up and make hot his drink it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, cream eggs, uh, I want me a Guinness, a nice 142nd pour Guinness uh, with my cream eggs, make it go down smooth. Uh,
2: nothing says cream egg like the craftsmanship of a Guinness. Yep. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Uh-huh.
0: Well, you want something that'll kind of cut through it, but it's not going to be jarming, jarringly different than the sort of dairy consistency in your mouth. Um, and that's a Guinness, which is surprisingly light despite being, you know, pleasantly foamy and malty. So that, yeah. that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right about Kinda that. Kind of like having I, a dark chocolate cream egg when you eat the Guinness. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I've chosen a beer that will improve the cream egg, which I do not like generally, but, be, but for its pairing with the beer. So we get some perspective by incongruity. And I've chosen Evil Twin Brewings Imperial Wedding Cake Break Imperial Porter with coffee, vanilla, almonds, and wedding cake added, which to this day – is the dumbest named beer we've ever encountered. <laughs> and one of the worst ones that I have had. And in that way, it would make the cream egg delicious, not just tolerable, but delicious and uh, a welcome respite from the other consumption.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Burke,
1: I uh, thought on cream eggs. I kind of like uh, gnarly, man. But I'm, I'm not You a don't like person. any candies? No, I don't like sweet foods in general. I don't really oh, like man. sugar. Jeez. Um, but I guess with a cream egg, I'd want like a milk stout type. I was thinking yeah. of that. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Pull some of the sweetness out a little bit. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm with that.
0: Ross.
3: Um, you know what? I think I'm just gonna go. Uh, not quite the same, but like a porter, like just just something basic, like a just shoots porter. Uh, I think would be again offset yeah. the sweetness. Um And I just like porters anyway. So some of uh, that, some of
2: that tobaccoiness of a porter actually mm-hmm. might be really good there, like the roastedness. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A porter is one of the best at that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember where. There's a place in Virginia that has like a gingerbread stout that would probably also be ooh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. good with a cream egg. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember who makes it. Mm-hmm.
2: This dyed eggs thing is interesting to me.
1: Yeah, it's very confusing because aren't we just pairing a beer with a hard boiled egg? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, that you've, that you've dumped in like a, that's like a vinegar vinegar-y. mixture. Yeah. yeah the, don't yeah, eat those. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: So I I did dyed eggs with Mickey's because dyed eggs are only there to be thrown um, mm-hmm. for vandalism. <laughs> they exist for vandalism and Mickey's exist for vandalism. And so they go great together. Uh, you can sort of dual wield eggs and a fucking green glass bottle to brain whoever comes out to tell you to stop egging their house. Um, It's it's a winning combination. I thought you were taking a different
2: path there, which was you have to drink enough Mickeys to (laughs) eat dyed eggs. Uh, But honestly, where you ended up is probably narratively pretty good, too. Um, The idea of eating a dyed egg made me so sick in my brain as I thought about it. The only relevant drinking experience I had outside of uh, champagne velvet was Stillwater's classic postmodern beer. And it just felt so on-brand that Stillwater would also, in some meaningful way, also ruin the dyed egg experience uh, with some obnoxious name. And it would probably taste similar. So, Mm
1: -hmm. Burke? Yeah, same idea. I am going to say like a Natty Bow, which is just (laughs) Baltimore's (laughs) local shitty lager. Mm -hmm.
3: Um, I would drink a Boulevard Wheat because then I wouldn't taste it, and so I wouldn't have to worry about conflicting tastes at all. True. True. No palate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. I think you're ready to make your candy slash alcohol buffet Mm -hmm. there, uh, Greg. So uh producer Ross needs a beer. It's probably an IPA. That's all he (laughs) drinks. Producer Ross, what are you drinking? Well, this is the
3: last of the Breckenridge Brewery uh, beers from the variety pack that I got. This is Avalanche Amber Ale, and there's a picture of a mountain on it. Uh, caramel mm. malt body with a light hop character. I'm sure that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. That beer's going to be a three. That beer's going to be a three. Yeah, it's a three. It's, yeah. <laughs>
2: it's
0: it's it's beer and it's, it's remember an amber. when you brought us the Texas beer sampler and <laughs> I felt like I was being tortured. <laughs> it was just the same fucking paste mm-hmm. every fucking can, like they all blended together. Mm-hmm. Oh man. It was like the Chinese water torture of beer taste. It was yeah. it's it's
3: fine. It's an amber ale. It's very yeah. What 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 more can you say? It's pretty light. Um, it's like
0: that food they not much of a taste. Much, no
3: aftertaste. Yeah.
2: It was it was almost a psych- like a psychology experiment. It was like they put the same beer in thirty two different packages, <laughs> and then they were just kind of like trying to like Pepsi challenge you. Like, is this one better? And it's like I don't know. Like, it, 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 the the labels red.
1: are uh, getting an eye exam. What's better, right. this or this? <laughs> yeah, this exactly
0: that was beer.
2: No, yeah. it, was, it was a lot. That was like a fun month of drinking. <laughs> anyway, um, it's a fire sale. Uh, how do you
0: want to do this, Spencer?
2: Well, uh, I'm going to read and assign as I go. So yeah. hold on to your butts. Mm-hmm. Uh, this first one is called out for me. So I will begin. Frederick asks, Spence, what is the best cover of a Britney Spears song? I want you to know something. I listened to 17 covers of Britney Spears songs this morning in an attempt to find the best cover of a Britney Spears song. Some of that even required me to go on this novel new website that I think has a real shot, YouTube. Mm. And I do not feel strongly that there is a great Britney Spears cover, at least not of the work that I have done. So here's what I've learned. There are some covers that are probably generally good songs that also happen to be Britney Spears songs. For example, both The Marias and Ed Sheeran have mm-hmm. covers of Baby One More Time that I liked as songs, but I thought neither of them were good Britney Spears covers. Mm-hmm. The ones that were at least most interesting to me are the ones that were like shitty pop punk bands trying to turn Britney Spears songs into shitty pop punk music. Because at least- the, That was it like didn't an sound...
0: for two years. Yes, right. it
2: was, Yeah. <laughs> And those are at least interesting because it's a, a radically different take on Britney Spears music. But I did not find a single one in there that I was like, "Oh, this is really good, and I'm going to put it on a it's playlist. fun."
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I'm sorry, Frederick, that's probably an unfulfilling answer, but they're not used it can't to
0: be recreated. It can't be redone. It it's cannot like be redone. the first performance of a symphony, like, yeah, it's, yeah,, uh, yeah can't uh, Chris Reed
2: asks, "Help me understand the discourse over the Pfizer Moderna vaccine. Why has which vaccine you received become a focal point of one's identity? Is this like the Sega Genesis Super Nintendo console wars just for life-saving syringe fun? For what it's worth, I got the Pfizer one, so P-fuck the haters, P-five for life. Caleb, what's the deal here?
0: Uh, It's about which nanomachines you want to (laughs) build a receiver in your brain, uh, and therefore which army you will be recruited to when the signal goes out and the water wars begin. Yeah. Yeah. know uh, Ross and I mm-hmm. feel joy whenever we think about Bill Gates. Now, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah. Um, soon, my free will will be gone, and I will be happy for it. And uh, the Cybermen will rule. Um, Working as intended. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Burke, ukulele Herzegovina asks, I've been struggling with what the pandemic means for our moral duty to each other, and what it means when so many people reject that duty out of what seems to be deep pettiness. And greed. I know this probably isn't totally appropriate for the mix six, but I wanted to know if the three of you have thoughts about this at all.
0: We just bring a guest and throw him under the bus of the ethics question. Go <laughs> get him, Bert! I mean
1: <laughs> So I think the the first struggle here is falsely assuming that it's like everybody considers it their moral duty duty to help each other and not their moral duty to just make as much money as possible. Um, so I think uh the reason. It's so disheartening is because the for the first time in the pandemic you're really seeing capitalism operate as pure unmasked late stage capitalism um and just completely devoid like just completely revealing itself to be devoid of any ethical or moral foundation. Cyberpunk. <laughs> <Do-do-do-do-do-do>. <laughs> I mean that that's what it is. Like that's know, what it is. If I mean, that makes capitalism. you feel bad then you should fight it capitalism mm-hmm. yeah. doesn't hate you it doesn't care about you <laughs>
2: uh ross stephen lee asks do you guys have a plan for recording in person as soon as everyone is vaccinated are you considering gathering on the table for shared beer and cookies once more yeah 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 we are.
3: yeah yeah i think point. the
2: misnomer in this yeah. question is plan yeah. uh absolutely not and we won't until the day of
0: but we are gonna do it yeah <laughs> One day. No,
3: you need to give me at least a day in advance. I have to, my, my, yeah, I have just dumped oh, groceries yeah. on the table. <laughs>
1: like, Russ, you need like a month to set up all your mics. Yeah. Yeah. Don't lie. A day. Yeah. Yeah. A day. The geese has just gone. been <laughs> running wild. Yeah. While we've been
0: yeah. gone. The, well, the, I don't want to talk about in it's in just, yeah,
2: Ross, if yeah. I get over there and there aren't cookies in that fucking pop-top jar, <laughs> I, I'm burning something and I'm leaving. So <laughs> fix it. Um, Caleb Isaac from Kansas city asks fan theories. There was recently an MCU property where fan theories were run amuck. Are you pro or con on spending literal hours working on elaborate head for shows?
0: Uh, con don't, yeah. don't, don't, don't care. Stop caring about it. I um, don't care about it anymore. Uh, I, I, I understand caring about it. I don't think you're a bad person for caring about it, but I'm tired of it. And no. so I, I, I think you're talking about Wandavision. I haven't seen it. Yes. And I'm fine with yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah. So I I just want to say i binged
3: WandaVision and I'm glad I did because then I just watched it all at once and I didn't have to anytime I saw articles talking about WandaVision spoilers new theory I could oh I should I should avoid that because I haven't seen it yet so I got to avoid all of the fan theories and just watch the show so Mm -hmm. uh, that was good. So. Here's, why I, here's why I'm really con
2: this notion and really pro WandaVision, because WandaVision didn't cater to really any fan theories. It just said, like, no, we're just going to be a really great show about Wanda and Vision having a love story. Fuck off. And alternatively, I watched the Snyder Cut on Saturday, and I can tell you, fan theories
0: don't do well
2: for your media. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burke. Oh, wait, I guess I should ask me no, and Caleb this. No, Burke. Is-
0: Burke Burke. has to answer it okay
2: greg bennett asks after seeing producer maddie's picks what would it take for caleb and spencer
0: to go skydiving burke what would it take for
1: i think we both know that they would both never (laughs) go skydiving i think i I could go
0: skydiving really i mean we are our meat and there's definitely a chemical compound that would get me there. Like, okay. It's, I'm not saying it's out of the realm. I don't know what that chemical compound is, but I'm sure. Spencer, can we get you to do a
1: couple tabs and jump out of the plane?
2: I, <laughs> I think I'd at least get in the plane, okay. but I make no promises after that commitment.
1: Well, mm-hmm. if you're already in the plane, then I'm strong enough to throw
2: you out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Man, I am terrified to ask Producer Ross this question, but Producer Ross, Sean Whalen wants to know what film, TV show, video game, etc. do you love, but we're surprised to discover how many other people loved it too. Whenever I find an obscure piece of media that appeals specifically to me, I'm always shocked that I'm not the only person it was made for
3: uh let's see here uh things that i like i mean there are things that i'm surprised anybody likes uh uh, like uh pimple popping and those kind of shows those i don't i don't understand the appeal of that at all uh but things that i liked uh that i was surprised other people liked um i was probably surprised uh battles uh without honor humanity which is the six film series uh in the 60s and 70s in japan about the yakuza and the it's it's a lot of angry japanese men yelling at each other and stabbing each other (laughs) so many pinky fingers and the thing (laughs) is the the plot is so byzantine there are so many different crime families with so many different connections and betrayals and alliances like it makes the godfather look like fucking uh uh uh, a reality i mean it it, it's god it's it's so in it's so complex um and uh i'm surprised it's it's very well received and i thought (laughs) i like this because i don't understand what's going on entirely but it's really cool um so yeah probably that 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 comes to mind immediately see that's a
2: good poll and also not something i've ever
3: heard of or would think about so
2: congratulations (laughs) uh post Pandemic small business collapse. Jacob Derby asks, "What's the best best takeout or restaurant experience in Missouri?" I just impulse bought eighteen tacos and sides from a local pop up restaurant for next Taco Tuesday. A great move, Jacob Derby. Just yeah. totally great move. Best takeout? That's tricky. I typically find
0: and that Caleb really, and Ross. Take out feel,
2: yeah, everything's takeout. One. um
0: Best restaurant series is don't go to a restaurant, take out. Right. Go home. Yeah. There are two
2: Indian places in town. One is better than the other, but both of them deliver very well. And they give you a shit ton of food Mm -hmm. for a reasonable amount of money. You can order a good Indian takeout meal and eat for three days. If you really plan ahead and things are packaged well, and you end up with plastic containers in the, as an outcome, Mm -hmm. that's pretty good. There's also like a little restaurant here in Springfield called the grotto. And in an era where we've all been a little more worried, some of us have been more worried about health and sanitation. Everything is packaged in high quality plastic containers. Everything has stickers over it so that you know that it hasn't been tampered with since they packaged it. And the bags are heat sealed up when delivered to you. So you know that a random like Uber Eats driver didn't get in there and rummage around like a raccoon. And I really (laughs) appreciate that level of quality in my food
3: delivery. That sounds, yeah, that's that's good. I like that. Yeah, 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 totally wonderful. I have to order from them.
0: I've never had a raccoon for an Uber Eats driver, but oh. I have must be this part way. of town. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: all right, that was a fire sale. We did it. We did it, everybody. We're gonna get out of this plane. Spencer, what are you drinking?
2: This is from Toppling Goliath, and we have had a couple of their beers, but typically they're known for like IPAs and pale ales, the Sudosu, the King Kingsu, etc. And I don't know that we've had a ton of stuff from them that wasn't those things. So I'm excited to try a non-pale ale variant. This is the Mornin' Latte, not Morning Mornin' Latte. It's an Imperial Coffee Milk Stout.
0: Man, I worry about a milk stout with them. King Sue makes me want to fall asleep. Like, that is a non-existent level of IPA. Blandness. This is not bland. Whatever it is. Ha! Holy fuck! (laughs) I like coffee, and that is...
2: Boy, if you've been missing coffee in your winter grind, Ross... (laughs) I have a beer for you. Jesus Christ! <laughs> just punches. He holds my phone
0: out to the guitar solo. The beer is. Just suck on these coffee grinds. Yeah, yeah. coffee yeah. enema.
2: This thing is, um, it's really good. I mean, it's delicious. It's just uh, Caleb would hate it. Uh, th- this is the point past which coffee is a flavor enhancement, and, and mm-hmm. it is it is the point where coffee is the thing you are drinking this because you like the flavor of coffee and what mm-hmm. it Um So this is not for Caleb Stokes. I will tell you the the viscosity of this beer is almost perfect. This is exactly what you want out of a milk stout. Um, it's got some creaminess to it. There's there's nothing about it that makes it feel too thin, but it's not overly viscous. It's not like coating my mouth. It is just the right amount of viscosity. Um, so it's good. It's actually a little too coffee-ish for me. Like I don't... Hold on, let me try one more time.
3: Okay. Let's get back in there. Yeah. I mean, I do want one now like that as you have sold me on this beer. Uh,
2: yeah, I think I think it's a four. OK, I think under the right conditions, this beer could be a five. But Ooh. these are either not the right conditions or I'm wrong about that right condition business. And mm-hmm. so it's a four
0: <laughs> Narrow <Okay>. it down. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Caleb, what are we talking about?
0: Uh, in your number two vote, getter, tied. It is Friedrich suggesting when is it okay to move a band song genre over to the golden oldies radio channel? Oof.
2: I mean, I think when you make it a point to start listening to the golden oldies radio, Channel, I think I mean, not to be too functional. Because,
0: see, here's the thing. I I don't know what it's like other places, but the Midwest is radio is dead, but it won't die. Like, their oldie station here is still playing shit from the '60s, which means like it'll be the equivalent of my parents growing up listening to fucking hooting jug bands. Like, like it, it it is uh, it is sixty years old at this point. That is not why they called it the '60s. Like, it is just it's beyond golden. It is yes, yeah, it's, it's own genre. Yeah, it's decayed. It's it's. Uh, you know, past its half life, man. Um, Mm -hmm. like I swear to God, I could turn my radio on in my room right now and just flip through the stations, and we would find no less than two Pink Floyd songs, like just through the radio stations that are available in Springfield. And then, like our hit modern stuff will be like shit that was playing when I was in college. They'll just be like, you're the little new one from Little John," and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I. I went to a rush week party to this. Like, this is not new. Like, um, so yeah, radio's just dead. It has been completely killed by the internet. Um, I don't think. I hear that, I hear that video oh, took
2: a first crack at it.
0: I don't think there is a golden Oldies radio channel anymore, at least not where I have ever heard. Like, I've heard mm-hmm. there are urban centers that have actual new songs. And then it's just the oldies station and then it's usually that and then you'll have like xm will be like greatest hits of the 90s or it'll be like greatest hits by the 90s by people who's had blue eyes or like one of those insane algorithmically chosen stations like yeah um but like radio broadcast radio immediately because they haven't done anything in that regard for the last 60 years as far as i'm concerned like nothing's moving
2: in my mind here's how the taxonomy should work A thing is popular in a given time, and then five to ten years passes, and now that thing lives in a category of music or a genre of music that we refer to by that time period. So, for example, right now we would call it 90s music or early 2000s music. And then once we've aged farther away from that, it becomes something that we would refer to as like classic rock or classic pop. And after we've moved past a distance that makes a thing classic, then we're into oldies. And, and the way in which we just generate, spin up and spit out music anymore, like I just don't think life cycles like that exist for songs all that much anymore. Like I don't, I don't think there's a world in which, yeah, by Lil Jon and Usher, ever makes an oldies category. You know what I mean? But it will always make like a, a, a party mix for people of our age, even when we're 60,
0: um, because that's where even when I us. drive to Kansas city. I'll be like, remember vampire weekend. I'm like, right. Yeah, I guess what it's 2021. <laughs> like, Why are you playing vampire weekend? Exactly. Um, cause I was thinking about this. Like I was looking to like, I was listening to MF doom, uh, the other day. Cause you know, he passed and yeah. I, you know, I, I liked him quite a bit before that. Um, but I was thinking like, he should have been in an oldie station before he passed. like, the last thing he put out was in like 2009 or something like that. Like it, it, it was a while ago. Like I listened to him in college and high school and stuff. Like, um, yeah, I just think we've frozen in mm-hmm. this like omnipresent, um, because of the internet for some reason, it, but it just algorithms. Keeps- yeah, it's not changing. Right. It's just bifurricating endlessly into right. deeper and deeper algorithmic uh, Venn diagram holes.
2: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are on TikTok or they aren't. Yeah. Um, or in this case, things are on TikTok or Nightclerk Radio or they aren't. Eh?
1: That is that correct. Point? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, genre only exists for market segmentation and tuning audience expectations for what they're, they're going to experience for any piece yeah. of media. Mm-hmm. So stuff will just get shuffled around as needed. Like radio is kind of irrelevant, like you said, and stuff doesn't really get shuffled around because you don't have the limited number of outputs that you do like on radio. Like you yeah. said, Sir- Sirius has so many stations because they can just, they just have like 600 stations. Yeah. So they can have 12 finely tailored classic rock stations and mm-hmm. 12 country stations or whatever. Um, so yeah, so stuff just gets moved over. I think whenever they feel that the that music no longer matters for whatever the current youngest market segment they're targeting anymore is, Mm -hmm. which is why now you have like Nirvana and Soundgarden on classic rock radio.
3: I do
2: like the idea that we could be categorical, like we could say there are a hundred slots available in each of these classificatory systems, Mm -hmm. and once one moves in, one moves out, and it either (laughs) moves to the one older than that. Or it just goes away, and mm-hmm. I am fine holding the line on that if people are willing to give me the opportunity
3: to control all of radio.
2: Which, by the way, happy to do.
3: I mean, so. what
2: think a goddamn
0: about damn nightmare that would
3: be. Think mm. about who Ugh. who listens to radio. I think there. I mean, uneducated guess, but my guess would be one people who just don't care enough about music to have like to play music from their phone or, or plug in a. CD or have or, no
0: control. Or, yeah.
3: Or like good. yeah, people who are too poor. Uh, Or unable to uh, have that control in their, in it's primarily the people at work and uh, in in their cars, right? So like those are your two market demographics, and so you just look like okay, we want to capture this age. What music was popular when they were in high school, and that's that's our format now.
0: The the most popular form of radio station down here is literally radio for people to die to. Like it is just. Like uh, Sarah and I are obsessed with listening to these old radio stations that can only exist for people in nursing home. There's one that will just every hour on the hour fucking play the theme from LA law. No explanation. They just want to remind you of the show. Hey, remember LA law? And then you die. Uh, And they (laughs) put your terry cloth blanket over your face. Um, Yeah. That is the radio in the Midwest Friedrich. So uh yeah it all needs to be taken out back and put out of its misery or uh it needs a major update uh because we uh everything's online and radio is not moving forward anymore at least in this country so Mm -hmm. um yeah uh that that's it Uh, i need another beer
2: Caleb, what are you drinking?
0: All right, that was aggressive. It's a new thing I'm trying. It's a new okay. thing I'm trying. Uh, I'm going to try from uh, the... Is that... Oh, man, it's bad font. It's terrible get font.
1: It. get there.
0: Brewery. No, it's not. It's not. It's B-R-U. <laughs> yep. Yeah. U. Yeah. R.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, no, there's an E in there. There's <laughs> you, an know e. that,
2: you know, there's a whole segment where we aren't on the microphone where we take it. Yeah. Uh, of this.
0: yeah. Bre- brewery, mm-hmm. B-R-U-E-R-E, Teru Saison Roux. Mm-hmm. Belgian ale brewed with rye and Bretonomasie. Good job. So it says rustic, golden, mm-hmm. rye. Yeah. Mm. While
2: Caleb tries that unpronounceable and, and illegible beer, I just want to point out something. I tried something new, and Caleb said, that's aggressive, and Ross said, okay. So that,
0: <laughs> that's how that bit went. Well,
3: I wanted to ask you how you felt about it, Spencer. Well, did your rating system
0: Ross. cause anyone to faint? Yeah. Because things can go worse on this podcast when you try
3: it. Right. right. It didn't,
2: and honestly, I liked it enough to try it again. Okay, yeah, then you should do it. Follow yeah. your heart. I mean, I an in of one I don't think would be sufficient here.
0: <sighs> yeah. That is a perception check. That is not very good. Wow. Uh, bummer. Uh, it, it tastes uh, very boring and very flat, which mm. you do not want from a Saison. You need mm. some sort of effervescence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not care for that. So, two. Sorry. Right. Anyway, uh, this is your number one vote getter for this week, which is Holiday Annexation. Mm-hmm. Our frequent... Well-loved segment that we do here. I'm so excited to do this again. And so, as part of our imperialist mission here at holiday annexation, we can't let any culture besides America's have holidays of their own. As such, it is time to fully Yankify St. Patrick's Day, or at least finish the job we've already started and put the old leprechaun out of his misery. So, um, we no longer have to just insult nationally Irish people by singing like old Danny boy at parties are like vomiting green are like really confusing them because it's a nationality and not an ethnicity. And most of these people are actually Scotch uh, and all that kind of stuff. Why don't we just make a clean break St. Patrick's Day, but for America with its own, it's own theology, and we'll just, we'll just amerify, amerify the hell
2: out of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I think now's the mm.
2: time. Yeah. No, I'm interested in this, because in some ways, I thought we already had, but I think you've done a good job of breaking no, no, what
0: we, we're now doing. Now we're
1: insulting them. We need to right. make a clean uh, break. Yeah. Just, yeah. It makes you feel better. We had a postdoc in our group from Northern Ireland when I was in grad school, and you're already insulting them. So, you actually maybe don't need to do anything else. <laughs> 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 okay yeah he was fucking baffled by boston St. Patty's. oh no day, it's a nightmare yeah which is a nightmare to begin with he's like fuck is the deal with corned beef i've never eaten corned beef in my entire fucking life i don't think anybody has in my family <laughs> exactly
0: yes yeah. so that's the thing we just need to make it an alien holiday we need to make it so american mm-hmm. that no one even feels offended anymore well, i i say that in our version of saint patrick's day st patrick is a guy who has an investment opportunity for you and we just spend the whole day scamming each other um while drunk that seems like the most american thing we could do we could do okay. that sponsored by
2: Budweiser budweiser
0: yeah okay. find st patrick the man with the opportunity he's at the end of the rainbow with the pile of gold and we just spend the whole day multi-level marketing to each other um yeah so, okay
3: yeah. um I think the new tradition should be there is a new Leprechaun movie every year for St. Patrick's Day in, in increasingly absurd situations <laughs> like uh, Leprechaun versus Florida. Just just he just fights the entire state. That's the movie. Uh, maybe the
0: holiday is film is themed according to the release of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Maybe, like, so maybe it's sort of decoration and themes change with the mm-hmm. sort of director's vision.
3: And you have to watch all the other movies before you watch the new one. So like there's an increasingly longer marathon that eventually will <laughs> take more like the, the holiday just gradually gets longer by two hours every every year as they add on another.
0: What party. happens when you can't
3: do it in one day? Oh you then they, they just add another day on the holiday. Like it just tax on. Oh it the, keeps going. Oh, okay. Yeah. So so eventually it will be the entire year. <laughs> <laughs> Our entire lives will revolve around I'll leprechaun around
0: all right. Here's, that's my, here's my
3: pitch.
2: Here's yeah. my pitch. Uh, St. Patrick's Day is for many of us of a certain age, most closely associated with that very American and deeply philosophical holiday spring break. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so what we do is we make St. Patrick's Day the official beginning of spring break. We make the home of St. Patrick's Day, that most quintessentially Irish part of America, Daytona Beach, Florida. Okay. Okay.
0: You want to keep, you know, we can't give it to Mexico? Okay, that's No, okay. that's exactly right. We've got uh, an America fight. And yeah, definitely
2: Florida. Yeah. yeah, Definitely Florida. And in line with our more recent American values of sharing not the wealth but rather the virus, it is our only official day wherein we actively spread disease to one another. It's kind of the opposite of Saint Patrick's Day in some ways, and so it all starts in Daytona, sponsored by Bud Light. Actively give each other all of the transmittable diseases you have, and in that way, it also kind of functions as like I feel um, like we could
0: also sell multiple marketing schemes there. Hundred mm-hmm. percent,
2: yeah. Well, you sell the timeshares in Daytona Beach as a high-level yeah. marketing scheme. Yeah. We can
3: put the Leprechaun movies on big screens outside. Like just, Right.
2: And yeah. then it's also a population check. Not yeah, unlike the, the snakes. All of the bars
0: will definitely be outside. Fire we
3: bars. are the snakes
2: in this metaphor. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so and mm-hmm. also St. Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um it's a big circle.
0: hmm Blarney. What if you <laughs> have to what if you have to celebrate it in Daytona Beach? Yeah,
2: that's it. You can't celebrate it anywhere. Oh, it's else. a
0: pilgrimage every year. Yeah. So it's <laughs> Yeah, it's like Hodge. We just yeah. shut Daytona Beach down. Yeah. We just sink it into the sea with the weight of people uh, celebrating St. Patrick's Spring Break. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll see you guys in Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> get, them, get them all in there. We're, I think we've fully done it. We're just going to put all of the people who like to get thrashed and party while listening to Danny Boy in Daytona Beach until it sinks into the sea. Um, great good Easy. job everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> we fixed it we did that was another successful holiday annexed from mm-hmm. holiday Annex. right. another success yeah uh, and anyway uh, we need our final beer <laughs> producer ross what are you drinking son of a bitch <laughs> well, i thought i thought that was perfectly fine it was
3: it was fine um avery brewing um has a variety pack and i'm going to inflict it on all of us or well on myself primarily. the best part
0: the best I, part about recording
1: virtually is that no you are not yeah
0: you're going well, to inflict it solely upon. we have yeah, quarantined. we
1: get just the best parts of it yeah, yeah we have
0: quarantined bross's bland bland beers
3: yeah uh, this yeah. is a hazy ish ipa Juicy and hazy India Pale Ale, seven percent alcohol. It's inspired, expressive, and abstract. Brewed Uh, with Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, malted wheat, flaked oats. Hope?
0: uh,
3: No, uh, no, no. Hog. Sorry, that it's not printed very well.
2: (laughs) The longer it
0: goes, the more
2: three it becomes. That that label was written by Zack Snyder.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
3: that's a one. That's a that's yeah. A three. yeah. It's a. I cannot. It's got it. I mean, uh, probably a two or a three if you really like IPAs, but I I, I don't like them. Uh, it just punches you in the face with uh,
2: yet,
0: uh, hops. You keep drinking. them.
2: It is fitting though for k <sighs> one system because if Ross were to order that, I as a friend would say, "Are you absolutely certain you want to?" Order? <laughs> yeah, I'm.
3: I'm. I'm just jumping on these grenades so you don't have to. It's how I rationalize this to myself. <laughs> You're
2: the only one who thinks that's rational, by the way, like yeah. the rest of us are just <laughs> drinking good beer. If that's what we have, just so yeah. we're all on the same page. Okay, great. Um, Caleb, Taylor to drunk enough. And I believe this was your suggestion. So I'm going to let you take it away.
0: Yeah, this is me uh, not being able to afford therapy all over again. Uh, anyway, this is a drunk enough. We're uh, dealing with a midlife crisis accusation. So I've never really had to deal with this before, but I seem to be getting a lot of them lately. Accusations. Uh, is a weird say, term. Like, what are you doing next year? And I'm like, I'm quitting teaching to become a writer. And they're like, oh, okay. Porsche next, huh? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm getting a lot of the midlife crisis accusations. So uh, just sort of talking about that. I don't know if anyone else has gotten that before. Uh, I know it happens around every career change, mm-hmm. um, but um, I, I was just wondering if that is that like helpful social pressure to like help you stay in your lane? Or is it like an ideological reaction against positive change? Because I'm never really sure how to take it because I don't <laughs> like want to be I don't want to like stamp my feet and be like, take me serious as a prankster. Like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to fucking do that. Um but at the same time, I don't feel great when people are like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You're going to get a tennis instructor? I'm like, well, no, I'm going to be a writer. I won't be able to afford that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that's where I'm at on it. I, I have no answer. Just a question that seems to be posed to me a lot lately. <laughs> I It can be both. And I think
3: um, sometimes it is, uh, you know, like – don't look at your your decision based on like whether or not it's a midlife crisis but like why what led you to this in your case i think it's definitely a valid thing because teaching is just too much of god it it just just from the stories you've told me uh, off off
0: the air like no it's yeah burnout is real it's not going to change my mind that's not that's not under consideration what's under consideration is how do i deal with the fact that people say it like yeah because i'm not sure how to deal with that because i'm not going to change my mind yeah yeah, yeah. uh but it, it, yeah the accusation mm-hmm. um i I don't know like um part of me was just supposed to be like yeah it's a midlife crisis donald trump was president for four years <laughs> four he's president of the united states he controlled the nuclear arsenal that was like, a crisis yeah yeah like why where were you like Mm -hmm. was your life night in crisis uh yeah but but uh but yeah i don't know if that's helpful either Mm -hmm. i just don't really how to react when people say that shit okay
3: so just focusing on their reactions not
0: yeah because i'm not gonna i I definitely i definitely so first off i've
2: never really heard it characterized as an accusation Mm -hmm. um but when you characterize it like that i do think about it a little bit differently um
0: and, and that's I, I don't like people thinking that, like, the reason I'm becoming a writer is because I, for the first time in my life at 37, considered existentialism. I don't, I'm not right. a fucking dummy. Like, right. <laughs> right.
2: Well, I mean, I do think I think crisis, right, crisis suggests some connotation anyways. And so I understand why, from the outside perspective, it might seem accusatory in nature. And I do think that, honestly, um, it probably does have some accusatory roots, which is to say, I think that this thing is very much a response from generations previous for whom success was not about achievement, but it was about maintenance. Did you find a thing and do that thing for the rest of time until you died? And when people didn't live by whatever that, that code was, it it seemed crisis-like to, especially to make a major change. I mean, moving from company to company is different than from pivoting your lifestyle. And that probably did seem crisis-like in generations where that kind of lateral, horizontal, vertical, whatever you want to call it, movement diagonal Mm -hmm. seemed weird. And, and so in that way, i guess i can see it as an
0: accusation and i find that more interesting i'm just surprised to hear it at all because like i i thought it would be like that whole you failed the maintenance test kind of thing you know boomer Mm -hmm. thinking you know like back when promises were supposedly kept and all that kind of shit Mm -hmm. um but but like that's shit been phasing out in like every other aspect of my life people don't give sarah and i shit for not being married anymore and that used to be like every goddamn day like would be like what like now most people are just like oh yeah I'm on my third marriage I wish I should have done what you should have done the entire time or like they're like mm-hmm. oh well obviously this is working because like it's not a, and like people are are past it even like the church lady people are past it but like I wasn't expecting this to pop up but I guess this is still okay like yeah
3: well I I think maybe perhaps uh, a lot of these people will will make these sort of claims because Anytime you say something like that, that's sort of critical of the status quo, you're to them to in their point of view, you're sort of like, well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't are you is your life? Like, it's almost like I might also might
0: I might also be too sensitive and it might be like, a a level. well, no, no, no.
3: Think about it like as a comparison. Think about like, uh, say, some musician or some director you like. Uh, gets revealed to be like problematic, like a bad person. And oh, then man, like, never happened yeah, yeah. And so then then people who really are invested in that director or that, that <laughs> musician uh, say, well, those accusations are real. They're just immediately defensive of that person. And so when you're saying my life isn't going great, so I'm making changes to it. You're, to, to some people, they read that as like, well, what, you know, maybe your life isn't so great either. You should make changes. And so their immediate response is to defend, well, no, 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 no I'm, I'm fine. You're, you're, you're just overreacting. Um, so I think it's, it's sort of an emotional response that th- they don't think through. It's just when you say, uh, my life isn't going as great as it can be, so I'm making changes to it, they immediately get defensive because they think that's an attack
0: on their own life. Yeah, I, I can see that I also hate thinking that because then I'm just like oh they're just not as free of a spirit as I yeah I'm like I don't want to think that to myself but well, like, I think it's I think, emotional and it's not really well thought out it's, it's yeah. just in it re- reflexive um, I know the answer is probably just like ignore it and let it blow off your back but like mm-hmm. um, and that's definitely what I've been doing but at the same time, this isn't like a social situation I rehearsed for, which is like most social situations that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't sit around when I was a kid and imagine like what I was going to be doing when I was staring down the barrel of 40 and unhappy in my career. Like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I wasn't, you know, death of the salesman wasn't my favorite play as a junior high student. Like I haven't, I haven't imagined my wedding day for, for midlife crises. So I wouldn't Mm -hmm. know when I was going through one, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time yeah it seems like a weird thing to say to people and yeah I've it multiple I, I, times yeah
3: yeah i think just people don't like uh having the status quo uh challenged because then they're for if you challenge a status quo then you're, you're challenging that oh, that person's position in society and people don't like being challenged uh well, why not
0: just wait for me to die like that's pretty likely I'm it's pretty likely I'm not going to f- succeed at it. So Aww. you're going you to sit there and just wait.
1: No, like that seems
0: like the, the more.
1: Well, cause they're talking to you now. Yeah.
0: Okay. Fair.
1: It's
3: reflexive. Like I said, they don't think about it. It's just the first words out of their mouth. Like it's not something thought out. It's just like, how dare you criticize the current situation, you know, um, because it could be worse. It could be like, you know, you should be grateful for what you have. And, um, you know, I've got a good, don't I have a good, Oh, I don't want to think about that. Uh, Have
0: you you guys gone through this? Like, have you experienced this?
2: Yeah. It's it's something I've asked myself a couple of times. And so in Mm -hmm. that way, I I don't necessarily think the term is good, but I do think the term serves a use, which is to like, it is at least a term that we can use to organize and frame a moment in our lives and go, am I having something that suggests major paradigmatic shift for reasons of some intensity that are causing me to do something drastically different than what I have been doing. And yeah, I mean, I've done that stuff. I mean, I left the only thing I was like good at and did for 10 years out of nowhere at some point, just because like, I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I left that thing uh and tried something else and so um, yeah i, I kind of thought i was maybe I'm... having one like during covid a little bit you know i guess what it's because I
0: mean? this is the first job i've ever left and not the first job i've ever been fired from <laughs> yeah, been <laughs> fucking shit canned for and ridden out of town on a rail like they wanted me to have a life crisis like the last time i left teaching <laughs> not uh yeah and i'm i'm sure there's some isn't doing of that now but um yeah it could be kind of that like i've never been the first person to leave the party again mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. i've always been not allowed into the party <laughs> yeah like i didn't, I didn't uh, get yeah. like
2: uh i didn't get like are you having a midlife crisis questions as much i mean i was i was younger and so i think that there's probably there's some age category here that didn't yeah make sense, but yeah. i did get a lot of like what i think are the equivalent of that question which is like are well kind of like your gm thing are you absolutely sure you know <laughs> yeah, what you're exactly doing like and I got, I got quite a bit of that uh, on kind of both of those pivots and that I think that's the nicer way of saying, are you having a midlife crisis? Yeah. Um, and I just kind of, re- I mean, my response to that stuff was like, uh, no, but I know, but I am sure that what I am doing is not a good fit for me anymore. And so, you know, here, here's where we are. Yeah. Um, and that that was good enough for me. And then I just kind of like plowed forward wisely or unwisely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I think it might also, for what it's worth, I think. I don't know who's been saying this to you, but I would suggest that there's probably it's, it's
0: multiple people and I don't, I don't bear them a will. Like I know mm-hmm. people have said it genuinely out of like just ribbing yeah. or you know, something like but that. But I think people who are closest to you might be less likely to use that kind
2: of phraseology or terminology because we've talked to you enough and for long enough about how terrible
0: the, the your work situation was. I would never, never say that. Right. Eating right. You would. Right. Every child is a blessing. Yes. And yes, we love all of them. And That's what the bumper stickers say.
2: And so end of May and, right. and no comment. Um,
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: right.
2: And so I yeah. think that How also just you? may be like a gap in knowledge. Mm-hmm.
1: What about me?
0: Have you dealt with this stuff? No.
1: No, um, never. No, but <laughs> I no Dare, dare mean, speak down to yeah. uh, No, I don't mean it like that. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like I think like looking at midlife crisis generally, I think probably feeling some level of only at some point is now normal because the bulk of what you're taught to work towards is useless anyway, kind of a Mm -hmm. waste of uh, time and energy. Um, And if you look at how they're portrayed in media, it's either a, like you said to mock somebody for having a midlife crisis, like how dare you Mm -hmm. um, or to just sell them stuff. Yeah. So I think it's definitely a, a a market segment, if anything. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know. Like, It sounds to me like they're just saying something because they are trying to have a conversation and don't know how. I don't know who you're talking to or, or. Yeah, it's just multiple people. I just, I've I've seen people on discord and stuff like that. So I feel like when people say that type of stuff, it's just they don't even think about what they're saying. They don't think about what they're saying. And also they don't know anything about what
3: it's like to have like your position or what it's like to have a creative, uh, job. Um, like they think either writers or millionaires or. Um, they're beyond they don't make money at all like there's no middle ground for them they don't understand your position um so and i mean that's the main thing is they're not yeah so um yeah it's just it reflects of why give up a steady job when you when you could have uh uh even though that that cost you in satisfaction in life quite a bit like that yeah they don't understand that like they just i mean i think a lot of people buy me that work protestant work ethic shit you know jobs you're supposed to suffer in a job and um that's uh makes you a good christian and builds uh, character builds character yeah so i think that it's part of that too it's it's an american work
0: ethic if you put me in the stocks Mm -hmm. i'll stay there for a certain amount of time for health care like a week in the stocks you guys throwing shit at me you get health care for a year Wait, better who's offering deal, that? Better right? deal in my in where's the where's the sign up for that? Like Yeah, like <laughs> get in the stocks. Yeah. We need a Mix 6 t-shirt. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah is, yeah. is that what this GME thing was all about?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Brand me with a scarlet H for I have healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. I I would take it. Um, I mean, also
3: think about the person's track record of giving advice to you. Like think about like, have they given advice to you in the past? What was it? Did it, was it actually good advice? Would it have been helpful if you'd followed it? Uh, Was it would have been. bad? Oh,
0: again, again, not going to take the advice. Uh, Just like, you know, the guy's on fire in the building. You're telling him not to jump out the window. Okay. Sure, buddy. Yeah. Uh-huh. so yeah think about that too just i'm worried it- about what will happen outside the window yeah. like yeah like if that's not gonna it's not gonna change my mind but i did wonder where the impetus of saying that came
3: from. I, I again i think the it's just reflexive and also people don't want to think about the status quo a lot of people don't want to think about it they they don't want to question it um it, it's uncomfortable and that's that's the worst thing is to be uncomfortable
0: um yeah all right uh so you've heard it here first uh i am an artist who sees deeper into life than all of you (laughs) i am starting not what i was saying at all movement with my friends (laughs) we are just gonna fuck around and eat in cafes all day Mm -hmm. bohemians uh, you say just write really obscure difficult to read rpgs Mm -hmm. um and talk about and we'll give interviews to anyone For, mm-hmm. for any reason, mm-hmm. uh, right? Just total fame hours. So all um, catch us uh, next time you are walking um, the the street corners of whatever country I expatriate to. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, you want to take us out of this, Spencer? Uh, absolutely. Um, hey, if you've been listening to this,
2: thanks so much. We appreciate all the time and your commitment to the Mixix podcast. And not uh, always, we appreciate having Burke here. Burke, Ross, you guys want to pitch Nightclerk?
1: go for it Ross, I did the first one
3: Nightclerk <laughs> <laughs> uh, Radio is a haunted music review podcast, uh, we just did our first bonus episode for our Patreon about Synthwave, so we talk about the what what is about Synthwave that makes it so popular, um, it, a little bit about its origins, a little bit about its aesthetic um, and then of course we're going to be doing an episode on dark jazz next, uh, we just did an episode about uh, some more dungeon synth, so if you want to know what these genres of music are, uh, what to listen to and of course jump on our Discord to talk to us uh, listen to our podcast and sign up for our Patreon. It's cool. Oh, nailed
2: yeah. it. Really, really passed the berk there. huh? Hey, <laughs> yeah. thanks for listening to the Mixed Mix 6 Podcast. Don't forget to find us on all of your relevant social media channels. And if you're listening listen to a podcast streaming application, don't forget to rate and review us so other people can find us. Thanks so much for listening today. We were happy that you were here to hear about Caleb's midlife crisis. We were happy that you got to hear what is ostensibly uh, the best holiday coming soon to an America near you. And don't forget to start buying three-player board games because the pandemic is over and it's time to start being around people in large groups again. So all of that to say thank you so much for listening to the Mixix podcast. We'll talk to you next time.